Who are you? I'm the player to be named later. And you should recognize me. Well, hello everybody and welcome to season two, episode two for week one of the 2023-24 NFL season. I'm Ed, that's Dan. Say hi, Dan. What's up, everybody? Welcome back. And today we are going to be breaking down what happened on week one. There's been a lot. And what our picks are for week two. Dan's going to give you his power rankings. I'm going to give you some stuff we don't know. And we're going to sprinkle some little stuff in there along the way. Dan, are you ready to begin? I don't know. Um, I'm going to throw out my three here. We'll get to that a little bit later on. Well, you know what team wasn't ready to begin? Cool. There were a lot of them, but this one was the Kansas City Chiefs. At least some of their stars or their big star wasn't ready to compete, and that was Travis Kelsey, who was not playing in week one, and that damage was felt severely. They dropped 21-20, to the reigning, defending, undisputed Super Bowl champions. Start the season 0-1. Dan, talk to me about this one. Uh, this is one of those games that if you, if I'm a Chiefs fan, I'm worried. Because uh, that defense did not look great. Granted, the Lions didn't do a lot. But when you watch them play, they didn't look great. And also, that receiving core needs help. Um, Kadarius, Stan, Stone, hands of stone, Tony. Don't do that. Um, You're better than that. Did You're not that. look good for saying he's a number one receiver. Uh, the Lions team, that Lions team didn't look great. But at the same time, they looked solid enough. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They did. Well, um, what are your thoughts on this one? Don't, tell me what you think here, because I I feel like we're a little bit different on this because you know how high I've been on the Lions all offseason. Um, so I'm, I'm trying to temper my expectations here, beating which a lot of people still at this time would call one of the best teams in the league. Um, there's a few things that I could say, like why is David Montgomery out touching a guy who averaged six yards a carry on seven carries? Um, and just bulldozed everyone that got in his way, pretty much. Um, Dan Campbell loves seasoned veteran backs, but when you got somebody that ran the way Jamar Jamar Gibbs did, um, you you gotta let that guy eat. Yeah, uh, this was a case of I think two Kansas City stars, Kelsey and uh, who's the guy that just signed a big contract, uh, Chris Jones. Chris Jones missing one on offense, one on defense, and it showed. I mean, Detroit was a better defensive football team, holding Kansas City to just 90 yards on the ground and only 226 through the air, which is a Herculean effort given the fact that, you know, Superman is under center there. And they did, they actually sacked Mahomes too. So that's an achievement in and of itself. Um, did they sack? Uh, according to what I'm seeing, he did not take a sack all the whole game. Uh, then maybe I'm reading pro football reference wrong. It says one sack for three yards. Oh, Detroit uh, that, got sacked. Got it. Yeah. I, I was reading that wrong. But still, I mean, even then, like, the, Detroit had to play darn near perfect. They did turn the football over twice, and it it almost cost them in the end. But Detroit had to play pretty much a perfect game of football to win this game, and, and they did, and they did it on the road, which is a little bit – I, I believe it's more impressive, you know, and then they get that stop inside just on the other side of the two minute warning where they made Mahomes go one for five on that final drive. 
Um, yes. And honestly, if you want to count, his only complete pass was for no gain. And it was and wiped I'm, out. So he was actually 0 for 4 on that drive. I'm going to be honest here, though. Mahomes, when you look at his stat line, like the QBR and the rating and the interception suck. But 21 for 39 for 226. On some teams, that's not a terrible stat line, and that's manageable with a defense. Like Right, but for him, that's pedestrian. Jet, agreed. I mean, that's pedestrian anywhere you look at it and for any team, really. But if you have that on a team with a defense a la the Jets, um, if Zach Wilson gave them the stat line every week, uh, I think Jets fans – We'll get there. We'll get there. Jets. Let's pace ourselves on the Jets talk, all right, because there's going to be a lot of it. I don't like the fact that – Patrick Mahomes is the leading rusher of Kansas City. When you have Isaac Pacheco and CEH there, you got to give them more than 14 combined touches. I agree. I mean, when you're playing, well, you're not actually playing from behind here, are you? I mean, they, they were, were playing up from behind for in most the, of the, in the game, first yeah. quarter, and then you know they took a four, they took a seven point lead into the half, and then from there, you know, it, it is what it is. I mean. Yeah, I agree. You got to get Pacheco the ball more. It was nice to see after I think a total of 13 catches last season. Pacheco did get four receptions through the air on four targets, so he was four for four uh, with 31 yards. So that's something to look forward to if you're a Pacheco fantasy owner. But you definitely got to get these guys more touches on the ground. And I think it also speaks to the issues that they kind of have with that offensive line. Mahomes was kind of running for his life back there, and that's why there was that. That's why he was the leading rusher on the ground as well. Because uh, most of the time, he was just taken off on a design pass. Well, so, but I don't believe any of those were, were um, designed quarterback runs. To be fair, you did say Kadarius Tony did have drops. He did have three drops, and one of them was he, he was also targeted on the interception, which may have been the same play. But Marvin Jones also had two for Detroit. So, in reality, Kansas City only had five drops, and Detroit had three. So, just throwing that out there, like, it wasn't – necessarily all that doom and gloom when Kansas City threw for four more pa- four pa- four more passing attempts. Um but let's put this one to bed. Congratulations I've, Detroit. I've got, I got one more I want to add here about this Detroit defense cuz it's something we got to talk about man. CJ GJ uh looked really good and the other guy I want, want to talk about young stud Aiden Hutchinson. Um you're going to hate me when I say this but I think he can be the next up and coming edge rusher. Um we'll get to Miles Garrett here shortly but Man, Aiden Hutchinson looked good with his pressure. Uh, four total tackles, three QB hits. That kind of just kind of speaks to the volume of the pressure that they're going to get from this guy. And this defense looks great. I didn't want to just go by the wayside without really kind of at least right. giving a little bit no. of a sprinkle on this defense. No, that's fine. They they deserve a recognition. They 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 played well. Let's. You mentioned Miles Garrett, so let's go there and let's talk about how the Browns are leading first place, baby. 24 to 3 over the Cincinnati Bengals. This one was played in Cleveland, and how sweet it is. Browns fans, you have a kicker because Dustin Hopkins was three for three with field goals made from 42, 34, and 43, and converted an extra point. So that's 10 points, and he looked good. We have a kicker. Deshaun Watson had a 13-yard rushing touchdown. He also threw one to Harrison Bryant. He didn't have a good day. A lot of quarterbacks didn't have a good day. Was weather involved? Maybe. But Watson finished 16-29, 154. A TD, a pick, was sacked three times, added 45 yards on the ground. And he had a fumble. It was recovered. No harm, no foul. 
Nick Chubb, 18 for 106 on the ground, 4 for 21 through the air. Uh, Jerome Ford, 15 for 36, not a good start, and he had a turnover, so there's that. But Watson hit 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7. Watson hit seven different receivers here. Yeah, it's well, that was to spell Nick Chubb, and a lot of those came on the final couple of drives when they were just killing time because Cincinnati had straight given up. And right. He probably did get about six of those carries on the last two drives, if not it was, more. So I'll yeah, that. But him, it, him still touching the ball almost double digits, in my opinion, is not something that I agree with. I mean, give, give somebody like Elijah Moore the ball, on some some trickery plays, something along those lines, some end arounds. Get into a playmaker's hands. I'm sorry, I don't believe Jerome Ford is okay. a playmaker by any means. Well, just but, to, um, just to back up your point, Jerome Ford's carried the ball eight times in the final two drives. Okay, so he had less than double digits. That's fine then, I guess. Yeah, um, and it looks like that. Yeah, Kansas. Or I'm sorry, Cincinnati pulled Burrow with 7:46 remaining, and it was Ford's. Ford just had the touches after that. So And I'm sorry, if you are Cleveland, look, I like this Browns team. As much as it hates me to say it, you and I have had the conversations over the last few years. I actually don't mind watching them play. Like Nick Chubb, like Miles Garrett. Um, just it's a division of rivalry type thing. But I'm sorry, if you're this Browns team, I don't care what anyone says. Nick Chubb can catch a ball. And when you are in crucial third down situations going into that third quarter when you're only up 10 points, there is no reason why if, if you're going to spell Nick Chubb, let him be spelled on first and second down of that drive. There's no reason why Jerome Ford should be out there when a third down in a crucial situation at all this season or any other running back from that matter. Oh, hey, I agree with you, but there's a reason why, why we are doing a podcast nobody listens to, and Kevin Stefanski is getting paid seven digits to mismanage and you, football. You fired Kevin Stefanski six times in week one. Four times. Four times. Um, let's. I found some interesting stats about this, and I really wanted to break this down because I actually did the research on here. The last time Cleveland – I'm sorry, the last time Cincinnati scored a touchdown in the first half in Cleveland was during the 21-22 season in Week 17 when Trayvon Henderson recovered a fumble and took it 29 yards to the house. The last time Cincinnati's offense scored a TD in Cleveland – was September 17th, 2020, a 23-yard Uzama catch from Joe Burrow. The last time Cleveland lost to Cincinnati in Cleveland was October 1st, 2017. You know what else happened in that 2017 season? Everybody beat Cleveland in Cleveland because everybody beat Cleveland that year. Cleveland finished 0-16. The last time Cincinnati had zero points in the first half was Halloween last year against the Cleveland Browns. Uh, This was the the last time the Browns won a home opener was in 2004 against one of the next teams we're going to be talking about, the Buffalo, or I'm sorry, the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, so Cleveland's 1-0. I got this one right. You got it wrong. We both missed Thursday. But let's talk about a game we both got right, Danny boy. And that is your Baltimore Ravens taking care of business 25-9 against the Houston Texans. Talk to me, Danny boy. Um, I mean, this was a game that the Ravens realistically should have done a little bit more. Huge loss. Uh, we lost 
J.K. Dobbins for the year. Uh, one of the two sure. losses, one of the two massive losses on one of my fantasy teams I had. Um, I mean, he he looks good coming out the gate too. I mean, he was eight he for did. twenty-two, which wasn't a great average. It's two point eight yards, but he did score that touchdown. I have no idea what the backfield's going to look like. Um, we know we're going to get Just Edwards, uh, Gus Edwards. We know we're going to get Justice Hill. I really have no idea how that backfield's going to get split up. Oh, by the way, we have Mel- Melvin Gordon too. So let's see how that gets split up. One thing mm-hmm. that I am excited about. Zay Flowers, 10 mm-hmm. targets, nine receptions, 78 yards. This kid is going to ball. Going to ball. Right. Um, Odell's stat line doesn't really do him justice. I'm actually going to give him credit here, and I'm going to talk about this. Uh, three targets, two receptions, 37 yards. But he had two pass interference calls against him for plus 15 yards on each of those. Um, I, I wish that would be a stat that we would see in box scores a little bit more just to kind of – just to kind of throw that out there so we can see it, Isaiah, Isaiah Likely, what a stinker, uh, filling in for Mark Andrews. He beat up a lot of fantasy teams this past week. C.J. Stroud didn't look terrible. A lot of people I saw um, a lot of people I saw saying he looked terrible. When you look at the stat line, it kind of is bad, 28 for 44, five sacks for 46 yards with a 21.2 QBR. But a rookie quarterback against a head coach of John Harbaugh of his stature with a whole offseason to prepare for a rookie quarterback. This is kind of what I expect against any rookie quarterback in week one. And as we go through the games, we're going to kind of see this is what they all looked like. So I think we take this with a grain of salt. Um, I was not excited for this offense. I'm kind of glad we had this. Hopefully this was our preseason game. Big game coming up next week. Um, Let's see what happens. We can kind of put a bow on this. There's nothing really to talk about here. I mean, Nico Collins. Oh, I disagree. Go ahead. How do you feel about Lamar turning the football over twice and fumbling twice? Sacked four times. Um, I mean, and this, he was your leading rusher with 38 yards. That's I mean, not positive. Well, like I said as well, I don't know what the backfield is going to look like. Um, this is a completely different offense with Munkin at the helm. Um, like I said, I feel like this was their preseason game. I'm not happy about the sacks. I don't think Lamar looked as bad as the box score says. He only um, had five incompletions, and one of them was a pick. So it, it is what it is. I mean, when you look at the QBR and the quarterback rating, it's not that great. Um, I can tell you this much, based off what other quarterbacks did this week, he's not in the topic of conversation for being overpaid after what Joe Burrow just got. I can't mm. believe we didn't talk about that at all. Oh, That's you mean how he is one in five? statistical stat line. He is now one in four and five career starts with the Browns. He also had a career low 82 passing yards and a career worst 52.2 passer rating as he was sacked twice, including one that was a drive killer by Miles Garrett, who felt the need to practice his crossover. Yeah, I love before that. Before a play, I, love that. I, was hoping, promptly, I was hoping you were going to bring that up too. Promptly um, beat the guard he was lined up against and got to Burrow, which. Uh, uh, he beat the center there. That wasn't even the guard. He beat the center. Center and guard. He beat both of them. Both of them should have blocked him coming through that gap. Um, like, that's ridiculous. As far as, uh, I mean, as far as it goes, sort of like, it's, that's the worst statistical game that Burrow has had dating back to high oh, yeah. school as well. Um, listen, I'm I'm, I'm kind of not writing this off because it was a real game, but I'm more interested to see how the Ravens look this week coming up against the pissed off uh, Cincinnati Bengals team. So let's right. see how that looks um, because that's going to be kind of a, a tell-all of what this offense really looks like. There's a lot to be excited for. Rashad Bateman looks good out of his breaks. 
Um, on the other side of the ball, like I said, I mean, let's let's see what happens. Let's see what happens when Houston plays somebody kind of to their cal- caliber. Um, and this is going to be a, a good telemat. We will find out week next week. Indy. Yeah, uh, that may have just you may have just talked me into changing my pick. Uh, we'll see. Uh, the Ravens are officially seven and zero against Houston and Baltimore. They have not lost to the Texans at home. And Dan, this was the 1,076th unique score in NFL history. 25 to nine never happened in NFL history before. So a little something there. Let's move along. Let's talk about a game that really surprised both of us as we both got this one wrong. That was Tampa Bay taking care of business 20 to 17 against the Minnesota Vikings in that beautiful jewel of a stadium in Minneapolis. Uh, Baker Mayfield. He earned himself a starting job next week, I believe. Well, I mean, yeah, they're not going to not start him. I mean, it's still a competition there, I think. And I think it's going to be a competition until when or if Mr. Brady decides to return. Saw something interesting about that, too. And while it's on my mind, I'm going to bring it up. So Tom Brady left the University of Michigan with one year of eligibility left. And Harbaugh, the suspended coach, tweeted at Brady asking if he would like to help out his alma mater. Many have assumed that it could be to be the quarterback's coach, but he's no longer a professional athlete. He could conceivably go back to Michigan to play out that one year of eligibility. Um, all right. We're just, just, gonna throw, kind of just throwing it out there. That, that can happen. But, yes, let's talk about this game. Baker Mayfield, 21 for 34, 173, two TDs, no turnovers. One sack for four yards. He also added 11 yards on the ground on eight attempts. Um, Tampa did not get much of a running game going, but they really didn't need to. Kirk Cousins had 273 yards in the first half. Justin Jefferson was over, I think he had 118 at halftime. And they lost this game. Listen, that's what I was going to say. You look at these box scores, there's no way that Minnesota should have lost this game. Kirk Cousins passes for almost 350. Justin Jefferson goes off for 150. Jordan Addison for 61. On top of that, um, imagine this. Kirk Cousins turning over the ball. Two fumbles, two fumbles lost, and two, and an interception to top it all off. Um, this, is, this was one of the weird games. I didn't get to watch much of this one, and with work and everything like that, I – Unfortunately, did not get to go back and watch a lot of it afterwards, so I don't have much to add here. The one thing I will say is is um, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, it doesn't really seem like it matters who's throwing them the ball, um, but I am interested to see where Mike Evans goes next year because they did not reach the deadline that Mike Evans gave them to offer him a new contract. Obviously, a franchise tag is out there. I don't see that happening with his age, but 10 targets, 6 receptions, 66 yards, Chris Godwin, six targets, five receptions, 51 yards. Both averaged over 10 yards of reception. Um, So that kind of speaks volumes to who they are. And we know what Baker is. Baker is a comparable quarterback. If you give him something decent, let's see how this O-line holds up against a better defensive line. He's a fighter. Uh, He's a fighter. That's what he is. He's a fighter. Rashad White looked terrible. Um, Maybe Minnesota shouldn't have cut Dalvin Cook based off what Alexander Madison did. I mean, realistically, I guess, you know, he had that three yards and a cloud of dust going on, which isn't terrible, right? But it's not going to get you to that, you know, it's not going to get you what you need. Um, Both of these teams seem to look 
bad. And I'll be honest, I think uh, both of these divisions are wide open and both these teams are going to be in the mix after week one. Well, let me tell you where this all changed. All right. So at 114 left of the, of the first half, Baker Mayfield found Mike Evans for 28 yards and a touchdown to make it a tie game. Kirk Cousins, in less than a minute, took the Vikings all the way down to the Tampa 13, thanks to a deep pass to Justin Jefferson for 42 yards, threw an interception with 23 seconds left. Tampa got the ball out of halftime. Baker Mayfield took the Buccaneers on a 16-play drive that started at their 25 and found Trey Parker for a seven-yard touchdown pass to make it 17-10 to Tampa. That's a 14-point swing right there. If Cousins punches that ball in before halftime, not to mention you have the momentum there as well. So, and Cousins' fumbles, by the way, came in the first quarter. I mean, yeah, one was one was an aborted snap, which may or may not be on him, but it was in Tampa territory. Uh, one was on a sack, which was at his own 30, which set up a, a field goal after the defense made a stand on a, a, an incomplete pass, a run and a sack. And then the interception came at the end of the first half. So really three turnovers. This game could have been drastically different. One of them was in the red zone. One was on the edge of the red zone. So they absolutely should have won this. That field goal is the difference. That field goal is kind of the difference there, right? We could have been looking at a tie. We could have been looking at a Vikings win in overtime. Um, A a lot of quarterbacks with a lot of costly turnovers. 57 yards, by the way. He kicked that from the Minnesota 39-yard line with 5.15 left of of the fourth quarter. And then, interesting, the play calling here has to be called into question because Cousins found Hawkinson on the ensuing offensive play for negative four yards. Jefferson got stopped to make it third and seven after a seven-yard pass, and then he couldn't find Jordan Addison, and they punted with 4.03 left. Granted, you're at your own 28-yard line, but they didn't touch the ball again. They got- Can we take wide receiver screens out of the game if I'm a coach? Because it doesn't seem like, based off this week one, any wide receiver wants to block unless you're on the Ravens because they, and realistically, even then, like say flowers made magic happen on two of his wide receiver screens when his blockers got blew up. I don't know if it's a week one thing. This was one of the weirdest week ones I feel like I've ever watched. Oh yeah. It'll go the way of the option. It'll go away. And then somebody will revolutionize it and it'll come back. Let's move along. Let's talk about a game that we both got right. The Atlanta Falcons played down to their competition in the first three quarters. But pulled away in the fourth, beating the Carolina Panthers 24 to 10. Tyler Algar had two rushing touchdowns, both in the fourth quarter. Whatever. Uh, yeah. Bryce Young didn't look good. 20 for 38, 146, a TD, two picks, two sacks, and a fumble. It didn't get lost. Miles Sanders, 18 for 72, and four for 26. So he went right at 100 yards just short, but he did lose a fumble. Um, so Carolina ran the football because Chubba Hubbard had nine for 60. So they went over us the century mark. Desmond Ritter, 15 for 18 for 115 and a score. Desmond Ritter is awful. That doesn't seem like a good stat line. And negative one yards on one attempt rushing. But he did have a negative six-yard catch. 111.8 QBR, 15 for 18 for 115. I know you just said all this for one touchdown. 
He also was the first quarterback in history to not throw an interception in the first five games of his career. In fact, he hasn't um, thrown one since high school. If he threw listen, one in high school. I don't know if he threw one in high school. Listen, let me tell you something. Desmond Ritter is a game manager and not a good game manager. Um, he has a very good offensive line in front of him. He oh, has what could geez. be two. He has what could be two of the best running backs in the league in Algier and Bijan. Um, Bijan did went 10 for 56, averaged 5.6, but he went six for 27 for the air and called a touchdown. I'm not sure if you saw that touchdown catch, but dude, oh, it was beautiful. Good. Yeah, it, it was um, nice. And he has. Listen, this Atlanta defense is going to be one of the better defenses in the league. You have guys like A.J. Terrell, Jesse Bates, Torrey Anderson. I mean, I could go down the list of how good this defense is. All he has to be is a game manager, and that's what he is. But he is not a good quarterback. They very well can win this division. And I'm going to be honest, they very well could win double-digit games. But, man, none of them is going to be pretty. Um, If this division, if they were playing in any other division, they are a last place team vying for the top overall pick. And I solely and I truly mean that. But because they're playing in a weak division, they could win this division. And I truly believe that. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I want to give Bryce Young more time. Once again, this is once again, here's another rookie quarterback going up against a very good defense. And, and a, a guy who's had... pretty much a rookie quarterback in in, Rid, in Ritter. He didn't get a full season last year, so Agreed, but they also didn't – the Carolina's defense isn't the same thing. And Carolina also lost one of their best uh, cornerbacks. One of the, I mean, in my opinion, one of the best cornerbacks in the league, and J.C. Horn, he went down. Um, so it's something we got to take a look. Hayden, did you see what Hayden Hurst did? We just got to touch on this really quick. Sure, um, show me. What, what happened? So he caught he caught Bryce, Bryce Young's first career touchdown pass and proceeded to throw the ball in the stands. Uh-huh. I feel like we they, that's happened a lot here lately. They, and they a did lot get of the ball back. They did get the ball back. Um, so that was cool. But um, I'm kind of excited to see what Bryce Young does, man. Once again, against another team that, you know, maybe isn't doesn't have as good of the defense and they don't have as long to prepare. Uh, and, you know, we won't get to see that this week because this New Orleans defense is good. But um, I don't think Bryce Young's as bad as, as maybe what that stat line says. Agreed. Uh, but it's young quarterbacks early in the season. There may be some nerves going on there. So it's something we're going to have to see as Dan apparently has a lizard roaming around on his desk pushing stuff. I don't know what's uh, going on, but it needs to stop. Be it professional. literally just started pouring down rain here. Let's move along. Let's talk about the Arizona Cardinals who almost screwed both of us in our survivor picks as we both picked Washington and Washington had to come from behind in this one, thanks to a Sam Howell six-yard rush and a Joey Sly 33-yard field goal to put this one away. Uh, Matt Prater hit from 28, 54, and 37 as he shines. Sly hit from 33 and 30. Um, Sam Howell threw a touchdown, rushed for a touchdown, looked okay. 19 for 31, 202, a TD, an interception, was sacked six times. He did add 50, um, 11 yards on the ground on two attempts. Brian Robinson Jr., 59 yards on the ground on 19 attempts, and one catch for seven yards. Josh Dobbs. Dan, I know Josh Dobbs may not be a name you're all too familiar with, but he is a stud. 
And it really bothers me that Cleveland let him go. I understand why Cleveland let him go because they have Deshaun Watson of the future. If Deshaun Watson decides to do Deshaun Watson things or not do Deshaun Watson, you know what I mean. Uh, but Josh Dobbs, 21 for 30, 132. He, no TDs, no picks, sacked three times. He lost two fumbles, though, which wound up probably costing Arizona the game. We were both sweating this for, for, for a little while. We both picked Washington, and we were both we were both sweating this. Talk about it. Listen, I'm going to say this. For Josh Dobbs only being there for about a week, maybe two, um, I don't actually – I think this – I think I underrated this Arizona team. I don't know how that's possible. Mm-hmm. Um, there's another team in the same division that I possibly, that looks like I underrated. Um, listen, he, he got the job done. Uh, James Connor averaged 4.4 yards per carry. Uh, I live in an area where Washington is a very common team uh, to root for because they were without a team for so long. So you do hear a lot of commanders talk around here. And um, they were talking up Sam Howe. Um, so needless to say, when Sam Howe looked like shit, uh, I was kind of surprised. I was like, huh, wasn't expecting that. What I am happy to see is that Brian Robertson received 19 carries. This dude is a bell cow. Um, but he averaged less than three yards carry. No, he averaged 3.1. Okay, three yards a carry. He averaged three yards a carry. Um, so let's see what happens there. He can also catch the ball as well. Uh, so 19 total touches there for, I mean, a little over 60 yards. So it is what it is, or 20 total touches for a little over 60 yards with a touchdown. Um, let's see what happens, but man, oh man, this is, uh, I'm just glad to see him get the workload that I feel like he deserves. Um, scary carries, not a hundred percent. And the stat line kind of sees that Jahan Dotson had a meh game. Uh, Marquise Brown, somebody I'm paying attention to because I have him on a few fantasy teams. I just he just kind of fell to me in a spot where I'm like, man, he's too good to not that. Maybe that's a little bit of a Ravens bias from him being here. But uh, I I don't know what to think of Dobbs. I need to see what happens when he has more time in this offense. Um, this week they, <laughs> they host the Giants. This week they're playing a team that when we talk about them, I'm just gonna kind of let you talk because there ain't gonna be much to be said. It was bad. But uh, let's move along from this one. This is what it was. I'm just glad that for our survivor picks for the rest of the year, we don't got to pick Washington. Exactly. Let's move along. Let's talk about Jacksonville and Indianapolis, two teams that used to be the armpits of football. One of them still kind of is and maybe for a little while, depending on the health of their rookie quarterback. Anthony Richardson was 27 for or 24 for 37 for 223, a TD and an interception. He was sacked four times. He rushed 10 times for 40 yards and a touchdown. His last rush, however, is the one that brought in Gardner Minshew as it looked like he got hit in the head pretty good. We'll see what happens this week. Trevor Lawrence, 24 for 32, 241, two TDs, a pick and two sacks. He added 21 yards on the ground. He fumbled. It was retained. So Anthony Richardson looked good for and, and compared to the other rookie quarterbacks this week and relatively good compared to the other quarterbacks in the league this week. But is is it too soon to tell if he's the answer? I'm 100% saying it's too soon because he also looked like he had a concussion. Um, yeah, he got knocked loopy. Listen, I'm going to be interested to see what Anthony Richardson can do when he has a – healthy Jonathan Taylor in the backfield, if he gets that. 
Um, if he gets my boy, anybody, my boy Jake team. Funk got two carries for ten yards. Feed Jake. Um, Deion Jackson, thirteen carries for fourteen yards. Yeah, like I, th- I think you got to switch that up actually. And actually, uh, I think maybe you do give the ball to Jake Funk a little bit more here. And Deion Jackson oh, also lost two fumbles this week too. Uh, oh, it's a rough game for Jackson. Uh, Michael Pittman Jr., eight catches for 97 yards and a score, probably the lone bright spot outside of Richardson on that stat sheet for Indianapolis. Agreed. Um, Calvin Ridley, after having a year off, came back and looked like a dog. He looks like a dude that should win comeback player of the year. But he won't because that that award was decided in uh, Kirk. Very interesting was last year was a top 10 um, fantasy wide or top 12 fantasy wide receiver last year. Only had three targets, one for nine. Zay Jones stayed on the field in two wide receiver sets. Travis ETN stats are kind of misleading. I believe he had like a 60 yard touchdown run at one point. So no, he did not. What was his touchdown run? How long was that? Uh, 26, I believe. Let me, yes. Oh, you're right. Actually, you're right. It wasn't long as 26, but it looked like a lot more. Um, Right tackle, 26 yards. Yeah. Even still, you take that away. He's kind of mediocre. Um, Something to kind of pay attention to there. Tank Bigsby got a, only got seven carries, but that's still a decent amount of work when you look at the snap count different. Uh, The snap counts there were kind of similar. Uh, Your boy, Dearness Johnson, I know you love him. Um, Trevor Lawrence looks good. Trevor Lawrence looks like a quarterback that's going to lead them to a two or three seed based off their schedule and their division, to be completely honest. Um, we'll see. I think this I think this Jags team is going to be a team that looks really good because of how weak their schedule looks to be. Let's move along. Let's talk about a game that I personally called on our stat sheet uh, with a minute 30 gone in the second quarter. San Francisco smacked around the Pittsburgh Steelers 30-7 to in the Steel City. Um, the last time Pittsburgh was down 17 points or more at home was in 1997 when they lost to Dallas 37-7. to This was also Brock Purdy's seventh consecutive two-touchdown passing game, the third longest in San Francisco 49er history. Um, think you can take a guess on who may own the first two spots on that list. Brandon Ayuk was fantastic. Um, Kenny Pickett was not. 31. Kenny Pickett should never throw the football 46 times. Period. 31 for 46. 46 attempts, 232 yards, one TD, two interceptions, sacked five times, one rush for four yards, and even then it, it, it was a scramble, more or less. Um, the Saw lady, a video on Twitter today as well before you get off Pickett. I'm going to sure. cut you off here. Um, Go ahead. Pickett may have, had a, Pickett may have had, played with a concussion. Ooh, really? I'm going to have to find the video and send it to you. But when I said the dude's head dribbled like a bounce, uh, a basketball off the ground, it was like a good two or three bounces. And the first one was pretty hard. I don't know how he didn't get evaluated for a concussion during that game. I'm going to be completely honest. He may have been. I mean, and plus, it wouldn't be the first time an NFL team has mismanaged an injury like that. I mean, but that that's the all that's the the unks they call them, right? The 
the unaffiliated neurologic whatever neurology whatever that that's on them i, I don't know how that neurological consultant or something like that yeah I, I mean, yeah. It, it is it is what it is brock purdy didn't have the greatest uh game on paper at least 19 for 29 220 he did have two touchdown passes he was sacked three times he had a 20 yards on the ground cmc it is him 22 for 152 and a touchdown, including a 65-yard run of beauty. He added three catches for 17 yards. Uh, oh, Purdy also fumbled the football twice and lost one of them. Debo Samuel, five for 55 and two uh, through the air and two of eight on the ground. Ayuk, eight for eight for 129 and two scores. George Kittle, yeah. screwed me on fantasy. Three catch, or Six targets, three catches, 19 yards. Thank you, buddy. But he didn't really need to do anything. And Sam Darnold got to take two knees. So how about that? One thing I want to talk about here, um, and you can hate me for it if you want, but I'm a Najee Harris believer. And the mm -hmm. fact that he had six carries for 31 yards, I know this game got out of hand, but the fact that he averaged 5.2 on those carries makes me believe that he is going to have a great season. And it kind of scares me because if they get a ground game going, Kenny Pickett, if he doesn't have a concussion, can work a play-action pass. I'm just going to throw that out there. Well, they have a longer week this week as they are going to stay at home and host the Cleveland Browns. So we'll see how that works for them because we know what the Browns did against a running game and against a passing game. Uh, the Browns defense is legit, and I think that's why you have them where you have them in your power rankings. Not much to talk about here. This game went how we thought it was going to go. San Francisco's good. Pittsburgh, you're high on I'm not. This is the year Mike Tomlin doesn't have a winning record. I'm high on them. I'm high on Nazi from a fantasy perspective. This is the year Mike Tomlin doesn't have a winning record. That's that's a bold call because it's never happened before. So Let's talk about one of the more exciting games, and that was the New Orleans Saints holding off the Tennessee Titans 16-15 to in the Superdome. Mike Vrabel just could not get it done. Nick Folk did his part. He knocked in two field goals from 45 and from 29 late in the game, but Tennessee could not get the ball back. Ryan Tannehill, 16 for 34. Yikes. 198, no touchdowns, three interceptions. Yikes. Let's see. Derek Carr, 23 for 33, 305. Not bad. A touchdown, a pick. Yikes. And Rashid Shahid. Lost the fumble, but had 89 yards and a touchdown on five catches and two for 11 on the ground, as it looks like everybody got their chance to do a Alvin Kamara impersonation. We also had Chris Olave proving he is exactly as advertised. Eight catches for 112 through the Mike, air. Talk to me about this one there, buddy. Mike Thomas didn't have a bad game either coming back. Um, you know, hopefully he can stay healthy. Eight for five, uh, eight, eight targets, five receptions, 61 yards. One thing I want to talk about here, uh, I... Derrick Henry had 15 carries for 63 yards, average 4.2. But here's an interesting stat. When you break down the snap counts, Tajay Spears outsnapped him 34 to 30. Don't that's something that we need to monitor. Obviously, Agreed. when you look at the stats, um, Spears did absolutely nothing compared to what Henry did, but it's still something to monitor. This is the team that I thought Tennessee was going to be. Um, I had Tennessee last in this division, I believe. Um and it looks, the way they played, the way they looked, 
Um, I think that's going to come true. And I think we get Will Levis sooner than later. Going to be completely honest. Tennessee has the Chargers coming up. So that's an 0-2 start for them, in my opinion. Um, and I want to ask you about happens. something. I want to ask you, you know, about something. DeAndre, hold on really quick. DeAndre didn't have a bad game. I was kind of writing him off in the, pre, in the, in the you know, in the sure, off season. Yeah. 13 for 7 for 65. So I do want to throw that out there. It looks like I may be wrong on that. Go ahead. What do you want to ask? Okay. Fourth and sixth. 220 remaining. You're down by four. You're on the New Orleans 11-yard line. Mike Vrabel elected to kick a 29-yard field goal instead of going for it in fourth and sixth. Okay? They did not stop the New Orleans Saints, who took it all the way down, and with 139 remaining, Tennessee ran out of timeouts. It was third and four. Jamal Williams went to the right side for 11 yards, then fumbled the football. He recovered his own fumble. That essentially ended the game. If you're variable, do you go for it on fourth and six, or did he make the right call? I don't have a quarterback that throws three interceptions. Um, you have DeAndre Hopkins. Point. You can do pat, you play action with I'm, Derrick Henry. I'm going to be honest here. I'm, I'm probably based off because – as you know, I kind of dove in the defense is pretty deep this offseason. Um, I'm personally going for it, but if I'm variable and I'm a defensive-minded coach, I'm going to believe in the guys I have, and I'm probably going to kick the field goal because there was so much time left to at that point from a football standpoint. I expected um, more. I expected more. But I'm I'm kind of going for it. I'm, I'm, I'm probably going for it if I'm the coach there um, because this defense, in my opinion, is not that great. Um they have a few bright spots, but that's why that's uh, exactly why you go for it. Let's move along. Let's talk about another one point game. And that was the Las Vegas Raiders taking care of the Denver Broncos. Let's hear it. Uh, I mean, I, I don't have anything to say. I got this game wrong. Let's ride. I set you up for that joke and you completely missed it. Denver uh, was a, no, three I half- knew what you were setting me up for, but this was one of those games to where I'm actually more surprised by Vegas' support uh, for performance than I am in Denver. Both of these teams have very solid defenses. Um, I don't think the Denver offense looked terrible. Russ did not have a bad game. Jimmy Garoppolo played a lot better than I thought he would. Um, and I think this division is wide open if Kansas City don't get their shit together. Uh, that's uh, fully agreement in there as well. Jimmy G did not look terrible uh 20 for 26 202 tds and a pick he was not sacked which is good for a quarterback that is struggling with health issues he also added nine rushes for 11 yards on the ground josh jacobs he wasn't he wasn't the greatest 19 for 48 on the ground two for 23 through the air so the overall yardage wasn't that bad jacoby myers nine catches 81 yards that pretty much sums up Devontae adams Nine targets, six catches, 66 yards. You need a little bit more from him. Russ Wilson, 27 for 34, 177, two TDs, no picks, two sacks. He also added one yard of rushing on the ground. Javante Williams and Samaj P. Ryan combined for 93 yards on 21 rushes. P. Ryan also added four catches for 37 yards through the air. Congratulations, Samaj P. Ryan was, the de- was Denver's leading receiver by yardage. Cortland Sutton and Lil Jordan. Is his name really Lil Jordan? Lil his name Jordan. really is Lil Jordan Humphrey. And he's not small at all. He's like 6'4", 6'5". 
They should have uh, jumped yeah. a little when he got older. They also caught two touchdown passes. Uh, this game was close pretty much all the way through. We were 76 at halftime. And then going into the fourth quarter, it was 13 to 10 before Will Lutz made it 16 to 10 Denver. And then Jacoby Myers from Jimmy G bookended the scoring as he caught both the first and the last scoring play of the game. Jimmy G, is he the answer? Is he an upgrade from, from Derek Carr? That's tough to say. And the only reason why I'm going to say that is just because Derek Carr didn't look bad either. Statistically, Derek Carr, in my opinion, had the better game. Um, and both teams won. But I think Jimmy G is a better – actually, you know what? Jimmy G is an upgrade for the offense that is ran in Vegas. Yeah. Did you see how this game started? I unfortunately did not. It started not. with – an Oakland Raiders onside kick that was recovered. Oh, I did see that. No, 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 Raiders. Denver. It was a Denver onside kick that was recovered by oh, yeah. Denver, but illegal right. touching. Right. That That's my fault. So uh, I misread that there, which set up the Jimmy G touchdown uh, to Jacoby Myers on third and three from the three. But uh, there's not a lot really we can say about this one. Jimmy, th- th- this game – Pretty much went how neither of us thought it was going to. Both yeah, of us picked Denver. Him. We whiffed. You talked yeah, I mean, me into picking Sean Payton's team, and you talked me wrong. Well, worked out for me in the long run. I mean, I guess. Let's move back along. Let's go to the next game. Philadelphia and New England on Tom Brady night. New England almost came back. This game was another one that I picked early and then changed it about four different times as the Eagles jumped out to a 16 to nothing lead on a Jake Elliott 32-yard field goal, a Darius Slay 70-yard pick six, and a Devonta Smith five-yard catch from Jalen Hurts where Elliott missed the extra point. And then New England decided to play football with less than five minutes remaining. Hunter Henry caught a nine-yard pass from Mac Jones, and then with 25 seconds left, of the first half, Kendrick Bourne, 19 yards for Mac Jones. Elliott kicked three field goals before Kendrick Bourne caught another one from Mac Jones with 3.37 left. The two-point conversion failed, and that gave us our final score of 25 to 20. By the way, Jake Elliott, his three field goals in the second half, 56, 48, and 51 in inclement weather in Foxborough. So That's I'm not going to take I'm not going to dive too much into the stats here just because this game was kind of nasty. Um, one thing that I will point out, and I hope more teams take it, is Nick Sirianni has already came out and said the next season his starters will be playing in the preseason. And I think that's something we may see because when you look at guys like Lamar, Burrow was hurt in the preseason, um, but Jalen Hurts and some other big-name quarterbacks out there as well, they didn't play in the preseason. And, well, when you look at their performance in week one, it showed. it showed, yeah. Um, so I'm I'm gonna kind of leave that there. I'm not gonna dive too much into this. Kendrick Bourne, uh, somebody that looked good. Zeke Elliott had that fumble. I think that may have hurt him in the long run. He did average 4.1 compared to Ramondre's 2.1. Let's see how that backfield plays out from a fantasy perspective. But that's really all I got for you, Ed. We can kind of skim past this. These are two teams I want to see play a little bit more. Well, the thing is, and this is what kind of really rubbed some people is 
New England scored with 3.43 left. They got the football back 12 or eight seconds later when Jalen Hurts fumbled after rushing to the right, and they recovered it. And then Zeke went for five, then Mac Jones got sacked, and then a delay a game penalty after a deep pass down the middle went incomplete. And then they turned it over on downs. New England got the football back again after Philadelphia turned it over on downs. New England had two chances to get this, and they almost did. At fourth and 11 on the Philadelphia 20-yard line, Mac Jones found Kayshawn Boo, is it Boutte? Uh, That's what I'm going to say his name is. So I'm not going to attempt that one. I'll, I'll mess up called, hockey names here in a few weeks. So you're good. It was called a catch on the field. He did not get his second foot down, which is heartbreaking because I never, I make a rule to never root for the Patriots. But I kind of wanted to see them come back. Just because it would have been poetic justice. Philly. This was the largest deficit that New England has had at home since before Tom Brady. Oh, wow. Or since okay. Peyton Manning. I'm sorry. Since Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning was the last one to do it. I didn't get the year on the stat. Let's move along. Let's talk about two teams I absolutely despise. The Los Angeles Rams are now 1-0 as they went to Seattle. A lot of road teams won this week. As they went to Seattle and took care of business 30-13. to I hate this game. I hate it so, so much. Matthew Stafford, 24 for 38, 334. One of the few quarterbacks to throw for over 300 yards, if the only quarterback to throw for 300 yards, and not turn the football over. Puka Nakua, which may be my new favorite football name, 15 targets, 10 catches, 119 yards, 2-2 Atwell, which may also be one of my favorite football names, 8 targets, 6 catches, 119 yards. Uh, I'm not saying the Rams are back. I think this is a very much an outlier, but it is what it is. Geno Smith. Stafford looked good. Geno Smith, 16 for 26, 112 and a TD. He was sacked twice and only ran six yards on the ground. Kenneth Walker had a disappointing game. 12 carries, 64 yards, four receptions for three yards because of, you know, screens. Uh, not a lot to write home about about this Seattle offense. I'll make this one quick. Um, please do. I don't want to talk about it's, these two teams. Kenneth Walker, I don't really know if you can call that a disappointing game, averaging 5.3 yards. Puka is filling in in that Cooper Cup role. So as long as Cooper Cup's out, Puka's going to be good. Um, that's just plain and simple. He went to the slot. He played in the slot. That's where Cooper plays, and that is where Matthew Stafford likes to target. Uh, something interesting to watch is just the Kyron Williams versus Cam Akers. Uh, splits were kind of even, but the stats clearly speak that Kyron Williams was the better back there. DK disappeared in the second half and that's all i got to add here uh jsn not your rookie of the year when it comes to wide receivers that is still up in the air in my opinion right now between zay flowers and jordan addison and i'm leaving zay flowers not any homer homer bias at all yeah totally not we both got that game wrong let's talk about a game we both got right and it came right down to the end to a tongue of iowa which is my favorite football name 36 in the Chargers, 34 also in Los Angeles as the, I guess, the game before was in Seattle. Yes, it was. Tua set a record. It was the fourth most passing yards in a week one opener in NFL history. I will not give you the three that came before them. I think one was like 1950. One was Tom Brady. I don't remember what the fourth one was. 
Uh, Tua, 28 for 45, 466, three TDs and an interception. He had five rushes for five yards on the ground. He also lost a fumble. Miami didn't run the football. They didn't really need to. When you can throw the football to Tyree Kill, who can make 11 catches for 215 yards and two scores. If you had Tyree Kill, congratulations, you won your week. Justin Herbert, 23 for 33, 228 and a touchdown. He was sacked three times. He added five carries for 18 yards and a score on the ground. You know who did run the football, and that was the Chargers. Austin Eckler, 16 for 117 on the ground with a score, four for 47 through the air. Joshua Kelly, 16 for 91 and a score on the ground. Uh, This was a great game, and it went back and forth right to the bitter. And, in fact, with 145 left, it was Tyree Kill catching a second touchdown pass from Tua Tungavailoa and a missed extra point, which – could have loomed quite large, which made this 36 to 34. I really don't want this season to be about kickers being bad, but this could have caught co- this. A bad kicker could have cost the team a game. Look, the stats kind of speak for themselves. We were, I was expecting this game to be the best game of the week. It was the best game of the week, oh, but just to kind of put away, this yeah. in perspective, if I tell you your leading receiver catches five target, uh, has five targets, four receptions for 78 yards, and your quarterback hit eight different receivers and you won the game, would you say that leading receiver had a good game? B plus. And that was what Miami's second receiver was in Jalen Waddle. So I don't think you can be disappointed if you had Jalen Waddle on your fantasy team. That was the only thing I want to point it out. Austin Eckler's still doing Austin Eckler things. Man, that dude's nasty. In a PPR, what's that, 15, eight, almost 20 points before yeah, the he touchdown? Yeah, so that's that's nasty. Um, I, I know kind of look, guys, you got to expect these episodes to maybe run a little bit long as we get our kind of flow down here in the beginning. <laughs> just bear with us. We only got a couple games left and we'll kind of fly through the end of this. Uh, but just bear with us here. Don't apologize to the people that don't listen. Yeah. If you've made it this far, you're going to finish the episode. Uh, Justin Herbert shit the bed on the final drive. He started with a 10-yard pass for a first down with 145 left with the clock running, an intentional grounding, followed by a sack, followed by a pass to Mike Williams which for 17 yards, which made it fourth and 12. And then he was sacked again to basically in the football game. Chargers couldn't finish this one, and that's sad because the opportunity was there. But kudos to Miami. And if Justin Herbert point. is the second most overrated quarterback in the NFL. And the first is Daniel Jones? No. Yeah, the first is Daniel Jones. No. Or Justin we'll Fields? The first no. Mm. Well, we're going to talk about those two quarterbacks in reverse order, starting with Justin Fields in our next game, because the Packers 38, the Bears 20. And, oh, it's so beautiful that Green Bay still not only owns their own team, but also owns the Chicago Bears. This one was not nearly as close as what the score says it was, because this game was over before we got to the Really, yeah, before we got to the fourth quarter, um, it was beautiful. As somebody who grew up as a Packers fan, seeing Jordan Love succeed warms my heart. 15 for 27, 245, three touchdowns. He was only sacked one time, which was a worry. And he fumbled the football one time. It was not lost. In fact, the Packers did not turn the football over this week. Aaron Jones, 9 for 41 and a score. He added two catches for... 86 yards, including a 51-yard touchdown grab. Beautiful. Loved it. Um, 
A.J. Dillon, 13 carries for 19 yards. Did not get a lot out of him. He needs to be better if this is to continue. Justin Fields, 24 for 37, 216, a TD, a pick, four sacks. He had a 59 yards on the ground, and he lost a fumble. You had him you, – you're very high on Justin Fields. Do you, would you like to revise that? Do you want me to kind of go off about this Bears team right now? They suck. Well, hold on. What is Justin Fields good at doing? Running. And what else? Throwing on the run, moving the pocket, right? You move the pocket when you have a mobile quarterback like Justin Fields, Lamar Jackson, et cetera, et cetera, correct? Sure. Yeah, you absolutely. Move the pocket. What did they right. not do? They didn't move the pocket. What else didn't happen? Your receivers didn't block. This may have been the worst wide receiver blocking I've seen when it came to wide receiver screens. Chase Claypool, if you don't want to block, don't play. There's a reason why Pittsburgh sent him out after he couldn't TikTok anymore. Um, two targets, zero catches, zero yards for Claypool. And two huge getting blown ups and causing a loss of five plus yards on a wide receiver screen. DJ Moore, disappointing day. Two targets, two receptions, 25 yards. Average 12.5 yards per reception. One thing I do want to talk about, a bright spot here, is Rashawn Johnson. The dude went six for 35 through the air on seven targets and five for 20 on the ground. He may, if he's on your waiver wire, he may be somebody you want to watch in fantasy because it looks like he's probably going to become the bell cow simply because Khalil Herbert didn't have a terrible day, but at the same time, Rashawn Johnson looked like he was more of that downhill runner and Khalil Herbert was their um, like change of pace back last year. And maybe he's just better in that role. Fields looked awful, but I, I, I don't, fully blame fields when you have him standing in the middle move the pocket with him let him get his feet moving the especially as that especially year, as that green, bay, that green bay defense started to find home a lot in that first half and chicago didn't make an adjustment um, chicago, I, your offensive line isn't great you made some improvements but it's still right. not good it's still bottom half of the league you have to move that pocket i'll tell you this much this week if chicago doesn't do what i think they can do against a team like tampa I'm writing them off. I will mark them to lose every week the rest of the season, even if they lose this week. As long as they're moving the pocket and they're letting Fields do Fields things, I will kind of give them some credit. But they they gotta they gotta be different. sure. Yeah. You ready for a hot take? Yeah. The score of the next game, which was a Sunday night game, Dallas at New York, was misleading. Agreed. Because it wasn't so much the Cowboy offense. It wasn't so much the Cowboy offense. It wasn't so much the Giant offense that screwed up. The Giant offense wasn't good by any stretch of the imagination. It wasn't. But it wasn't the biggest disaster that happened in New York in those 24 hours of the two games that played in the same stadium. That one comes next. But if you look at how the Cowboys scored, you had a 58-yard blocked field goal return for a touchdown with a missed extra point. All right, you had a 21-yard field goal, which the Giants' defense made a stand with their backs to the chalk. Then you had a 22-yard pick six. That made it 16 to nothing at the end of the first quarter. The Giants were done from there. But then you had oh, yeah. another another field goal where the Giants got a stop in the red zone. And then you had Tony Pollard from two yards and one yards away. And then Cavante Turpin in garbage time, and really the entire second half was garbage time. So you had two garbage time rushing touchdowns, a pick six and a blocked field goal, two red zone stands, 
and you had Tony Pollard score midway through the second quarter. So, so maybe this score was a little misleading. Do you want to know where this game – this is going to sound really stupid, and you're probably going to disagree with me. Do you want to know where this, where the momentum changed in this game? I'm guessing the blocked field goal, but tell me I'm wrong. That drive. First drive of the game, third and two from the Dallas eight. There's a false start. They don't have that false start, that five-yard penalty. Daniel Jones is probably turning around, handing the ball off to Saquon. They're now first and goal inside the four. It's not a touchdown. Yeah. Um, You're first and goal inside the five, inside what, the the five, six-yard line. Even if you kick a field goal there, that stadium's still rocking. Um, But now you're third and seven. Daniel Jones snaps snaps it. You're fourth and 21, kicking the field goal. It gets blocked, right? So – the momentum from that game changed on the very first drive and moving forward from there, um, it, it kind of just went downhill. Dak Prescott did not have a good game. This team did not look good besides Tony Pollard, but when you're, all you're doing is running because you're up so much, Tony Pollard's bound to have a decent looking game. Um, I don't understand why Daniel Jones was in that game up to the last drive. You just paid this man so much money why are you waiting till the last drive to pull him? Maybe that's just me. I don't know. Uh, Darren Waller didn't have a terrible game for what the Giants were. I don't have much to add. You can there take was, it away. There, there isn't much to say about this one. This was special teams and defense for Dallas made up for a No, I will say this Dallas offense. defense is legit. This Dallas yeah. defense is legit. Second best – well, best defense. Mm. Best defense. Yeah. Tied for the best defensive performance in week one. Who are you giving the first defensive performance to? Uh, hello. You're going to say the Browns? Yeah. Look okay. at what they did to Jamar Chase and every and Joe Burrow and everybody else. It's okay, called I domination. Mean, I, I won't, and, and I won't they argue did that because of where we are on time, but it can be argued. Although Dallas may get the nod because this was on the road in a 9-11 game. So, you know, right. the Giants were a little bit higher up for that. But you're right. If, if it isn't for that blocked field goal or really the false start before then, things turn out different. You know, there's a New York – the other New York team played 24 hours later on the same field. They had a disaster. Aaron Rodgers had a terrible game. Oh. 39.6 QBR. There are some that saying this may be Aaron Rodgers' last game. For those of you that have lived under a rock, and if you are, how did you find us? Aaron Rodgers, four snaps into his New York Jet career, tore his Achilles. He's done for the year, maybe for his career. Zach Wilson came in in relief and won the football game for the Jet. Well, helped the Jets win the football game. Josh Allen looked garbage he was responsible for four turnovers three interceptions and a lost fumble 29 for 41 236 he was also fumble he was also sacked five times he did add 36 yards on the ground james cook 12 for 46 and four for 17 through combined um stefan homage to damar hamlin with his three picks you feel you feel good about that joke i do I mean, it's not the other worst joke I've seen about this football game. But that's that's a joke that I will not repeat for poor taste, having to deal with uh, tragedy. And, and yeah, anyway, uh, Stefan Diggs, 10 catches, 102 yards and a touchdown. So he's still 
Stephon Diggs. Brees Hall, 10 carries, 127 yards, including an 83-yard run where he ran out of steam. Yep, you can tell he's coming back from injury. Oh, man. That's a touchdown last year. That should have been a 90, what, six, seven-yard touchdown run that he wound up getting caught. But Zach Wilson did just enough, 14 for 21, 140, a TD, a pick. He was sacked twice. But the most costly loss was Aaron Rodgers. This game ended with some fireworks as Dan has stepped away. No, I'm right here. Uh, This game ended after the Giants go pretty much three and out. On the first possession of overtime, Xavier Gibson, if you watched Hard Knocks, you know this man very well, 65 yards to the house. After Tyler Bass had to kick a 50-yard field goal with a two seconds left to tie the game, Gibson ended it in a pretty dramatic fashion. If you're the Jets, you got to be worried, right? Um, Yeah, you're worried. I mean... Dude, that catch by Garrett Wilson for that touchdown. Oh, beautiful. Beautiful. He is him. Garrett Wilson is legit. You ready for Uh, a hot take on that one? Go ahead. He made a mistake. Garrett Wilson did? Yeah. That's the Willie Mays catch all over again. It's going to go down as one of the greatest catches in, in, in regular season history. But you know what made the Willie Mays catch so great? When he's going back on that baseball, he turned the wrong way. And he corrected himself and just barely caught the baseball. If you look at what Wilson did, his hands turned the wrong way, and he had to stop that ball and then turn around to finish the catch. If he has his hand turned the right way, he makes that catch. It's still spectacular, but it's not that spectacular. He saved himself. Sure. Most overrated quarterback in the league, Josh Allen. Ooh, are you sure he's a Madden cover athlete? He has a new direct TV commercial or not direct TV Sunday ticket commercial for YouTube. Um, in my opinion, he's the most overrated quarterback in the league. He has the most interceptions since 2018. No one, the most turnovers since 2018 in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, he runs not very smartly. Um, don't make me edit it out this game. Unless the last time we've had that conversation. Since the last time we've had that conversation. Yeah, let's not. Um, he also threw a, a costly red zone Josh, interception. One of his yeah, three was I, in the end zone. Everybody's talking about his three picks. The pick where the pick that um uh the pick that Jordan Whitehead gets when he's at the four. It's basically like a that's that was a, a and, and I'll and, and I'll, I'll, I'll give right I'll give him credit for this. That's a throw that maybe only Josh Allen and a few other quarterbacks in the league can make. He's running away from that position. He's throwing that across his body. That is, in hindsight, if if that's a catch, that's a beautiful throw. Like, that is a throw that very few quarterbacks can make in the league, um, and he's one of them. So I'll give him credit there. That's basically a punt. Like you said, it's a, it's an arm punt. Um, but I think he's overrated. I really don't think he's a top three quarterback in the league. I'm going to be honest here. So I missed a few things, and I want to go back to touch on them before we get to the stuff you may not know and your power rankings. Jordan Love is only the third quarterback to start a season opener for Green Bay in like the last 40 years or so, it seems. Can you name the other two? Uh, Farvin. Yeah. yeah. Uh, The first kicker to attempt a field goal other than Mason Crosby for the Packers, and I – 
can't remember his name. I just read it. First time a field goal kicker other than Mason Crosby attempted a field goal for the Packers since 2006. This is Green Bay's ninth consecutive win versus Chicago. And Love was, I believe, the only one to throw three touchdown passes. I could be wrong on that. Uh, Yeah. Okay. Um, This was the largest shutout since 1993 when San Francisco shut out Cleveland 43 to nothing. I'm referring to that Sunday night game. And then Aaron Rodgers was trying to become the second quarterback in NFL history to win a super. Uh, I'm sorry, was trying to become the third quarterback in Super Bowl history to win a Super Bowl with two teams. Can you name me the those two? Uh, Brady and Peyton. That's correct. Can you name me one of the other two quarterbacks? Because I'm pretty sure you're not going to get the other one. And I can't even remember his name to go to a Super Bowl with two teams, win one and lose one. Kurt Warner. Kurt Warner is correct. One with the Rams, lost with the Cardinals. Rodgers will not be able to complete either side of that. Uh, oh, big thing on Rodgers, too. This cost Green Bay a number one, uh, a first-round pick. It's now a second-round pick. Yes, that is correct. Also, DeMar Hamlin did not dress. He is a healthy scratch, but the um, Bills coach did say he will eventually get his shot. One more thing on the Giants contest. Tonight, or Sunday night, the Giants lost the game by 40 to nothing or worse. They also lost the sack battle 7 to nothing or worse. They lost the turnover battle 3 to nothing or worse. They had a blocked field goal return for a touchdown and threw a pick 6. No other team in NFL history had all five of those things happen in the same season. The Giants had it in one game. Thanks. Lastly, before we close out this week one and get to your power rankings, this is the first time ever the Cleveland Browns, the Detroit Lions, the Jacksonville Jaguars, and the Raiders from any city have begun a season 1-0. So this basically is since 1995, right? Yes, and just to throw it out there, the Raiders are playing San Francisco, so no. Jacksonville, well, they, Jacksonville can win any game on their schedule. They are playing at home against Kansas City, so that's a toss-up. Detroit, we, we both have to win against Seattle. And Cleveland is playing Monday night against Pittsburgh. So there's a, I mean, it's a small chance, but if you're looking for a good parlay bet, all of those teams going 2-0 could probably net you a good amount of coin. Dan, give me your power rankings going into week two. All right, so this is a new segment that we're doing here. It's called Bananas Top Ten. Uh, number 10, we have the Chargers. Number 9, we have the Jags. Number 8, we have the Detroit Lions. Number 7, we have the Browns. Put some respect on that team. We have Baltimore. At 5, we have Dallas. 4, we have Kansas City, which in my opinion is a hot take based off of the power rankings I've seen. 3, we have Miami. 2, we have Philly. And 1, we have the San Francisco 49ers. Some honorable mentions here. Uh, Green Bay, the Jets, Buffalo, and Cincinnati. So you basically just not the, there's way too much to unpack there. Next week, no, nah, give me give me something here. Give me some feedback here. Ed, this is the first week we're doing the segment. The Browns over the Raiders is or Browns underneath the Ravens is ridiculous. The Chiefs being on that list is ridiculous. The Jets being an is it honorable ridiculous mention, knowing what the team is when they're fully healthy. But they're not fully healthy right now. 
They are. Actually, Travis Kelsey is on track to play, and Chris Jones has signed his contract, and he has stated, and they have stated that he will be playing in week two. Okay, well, if they play in week two and they're successful in week two, then you move them in the week two power rankings. Well, this is what we're looking at going into week two. These are That's like saying I have a 5,000-watt light bulb sitting in a lamp, but the lamp is not plugged in right now. But it's it's a super bright lamp, but it's not plugged in. So my flashlight I'm holding right here is a brighter light right now than this lamp that's not plugged in, despite the fact that it has a 5,000-watt light bulb. Listen, it's called bananas for a reason. You can look at it one way. One, well, I, I am this, known as this is how we're going to do it. Platforms. Yes, and we two, know this. You can call this crazy. We know this, but this is how we're going to do it. You're doing the odd weeks. I'm doing the even ones, and we're going to contrast in the last half of the year where we both do them and see how they rank. Or you could just go to the Sports Dispatch page where we'll release both of our rankings and we'll reveal them there, but we'll only talk about mine next week. Anyway. I disagree with you. You're wrong, and I told you why. Anyway, let's move along to my favorite part of the show, stats you may or may not know. Dan, did you know that Adley Rushman was caught trying to discreetly – excuse me, let me start over. Adley Rushman was caught trying to discreetly eat hot dogs out of his sleeve once during a catcher's meeting, so says the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Yeah, the Angels have done this all season where they've just made up things to put on their scoreboard. Well, let's give you something positive about the Baltimore Orioles since they lost tonight to my Cardinals. Oh, yes. Uh, The Baltimore Orioles became the first team in the history of Major League Baseball to beat every other team at least once in a single season. They did that yesterday after beating the Cardinals. And the Cardinals got revenge today as Adam Wainwright won his 199th win of his career. Speaking of the Cardinals... With their win two nights ago, they now tie the Los Angeles Dodgers for the 115th consecutive year in which the Cardinals will not lose 100 games. Dan, do you know who Bobby Orr is? Yes. But you don't know who Brad Park is. I do not. Brad Park finished second in voting four of the eight years that Bobby Orr won the Norris Trophy and finished second six times overall, never won a Norris Trophy, not often considered as one of the greatest defensemen of all time. Hell of of a defenseman. Let's move along. How about the most MLB seasons stealing at least one base without being caught at all? Well, ladies and gentlemen, that goes to none other than Greg Maddox who did it 10 times where he stole at least one base and was not caught. And let me tell you, when I think of stolen bases, I think of Greg Maddox. That brings us to another baseball fact. And this is one of the weird ones, Danny boy. There have been two MLB players in history with the last name Moyer spelled M O Y E R. One was named Ed Moyer and one Jamie Ed Moyer died November 18th, 1962. Jamie Moyer was born November 18th, 1962. Here's what makes it weird. They're not related to each other. Last few, Kevin Garnett, Dan. Did you know that Kevin Garnett is the only player in NBA history to face both the 72 and 10 Bulls and the 73 and 9 Golden State Warriors? 
You know, surprisingly, that is not something I would have known. And you know my love for the NBA. So, does it count as a combined no hitter with what Milwaukee did to the Yankees? They went 11 no or 10 no hit innings before losing it in the 11th, and the game was lost in the 13th. Almost only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades. And Adam bombs. So just to recap what happened this week, Dan finished the week 10 and 6 thanks to Dallas and the Jets, and I finished 9 and 7. Dan has a one week advantage. Congratulations. You did this the same you did last year, and I still beat you by a lot. Coming up, Dan, let's give our picks for week number two, Minnesota at Philadelphia. We both have Philly, Baltimore at Cincinnati. We both pick we both Baltimore. Baltimore. I don't know about that, but oh, I don't know. Yeah, about I feel that. like you're going to change because I, 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 the way you work, you won't lock them in until Thursday. Seattle at Detroit. We nope, both nope, have nope, Detroit. nope, nope. That's the thing. That's something we're doing different this week. Once we record the show, they're locked in, and I did just change it. I am picking Cincinnati over Baltimore. Detroit. We'll host Seattle. We both got the Lions. Indianapolis will go to Houston. You got the Texans. I got the Colts. I don't like it, but I'm keeping it. Tampa Bay will host Chicago. Why did you pick the Bears over Baker Mayfield? I told you I'm giving them one more week. Even if they lose, I just want to see improvement here. I don't believe in the Bear. I don't believe in Tampa Bay. I do believe in Baker, but I don't believe in this team, and I believe in Chicago more. Uh, Kansas City and Jacksonville, we both have Kansas City. I'm calling this one the Henrietta game because if Kansas City loses, and we're both wrong on this, the sky will fall in Kansas City. Uh, Fair enough. Green Bay at Atlanta, we both have Green Bay. Kind of surprised here. Um, I would also just like to point out really quickly as we're going through this, and then I'm going to let you pick it up so I shut up. Um, I did message you after the bulletin board material came out on the Cleveland-Cincinnati game, that I said, Cleveland's going to win this game, and I'm going to bet them. And guess what I did? I bet Cleveland money line, and they won that game after Jamar Chase ran his mouth. Go ahead and pick it up there at the Oakland uh, at Buffalo. We picked, we both picked Buffalo. Buffalo. Whatever. Oakland-Vegas. The Raiders at Buffalo. We both picked Buffalo. The Chargers at Tennessee. We both picked the Bolts. San Francisco to the Rams. The... Niners will have another home game, this one at SoFi, and they will win. Giants, Cardinals, you picked the Giants. I picked the Cardinals. No faith do I have in the money man, Daniel Jones. Jets at Dallas. Dan just changed it. We both picked Dallas. Is this because of the injury? Question mark? 100, 100% it's because of the injury. If Rogers was playing, I would have the Jets. Washington goes to Denver. We both got Denver. Miami goes to New England. We both picked Miami. I think that one could be over before the end of the first half. New Orleans at Carolina at the night game. You picked Car- or you picked New Orleans. I picked Carolina. A little bit of a hot take there for me. Not sure what I'm thinking. Maybe thinking Baker's still playing there. Either way, I'm keeping it. I like it. And Pittsburgh will host Cleveland Monday night football. Last time this happened, it was Big Ben's last game and put the Steelers into the playoffs. Cleveland gets their revenge, goes to 2-0, and we start hearing rumors about a lot of things changing in Pittsburgh. You got anything else you want to add to this one, Denny Boy? Uh, yes, hold on. We have one more thing we have to add. Give me your survivor pick. Oh, um, you give me yours first. Oh, you know where I'm going, baby. I'm I'm actually taking the Giants over Arizona. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to target Arizona back-to-back weeks. Now, what we're doing here, ladies and gentlemen, this year is something different than we're doing last year. Our survivor picks are worth double. 
So if we both get it right, it cancels itself out only worth one point. In this case, if the Giants beat Arizona, Dan gets credit for two wins. If they lose, he gets credit for two losses. Yeah, I think that's because right. this is one where we're different. I'm picking Cleveland over Pittsburgh. That's the homer in me. So, oh my God, that Arizona you, you, Giants. You can't game, pick Cleveland again. You can't pick Cleveland again. The rest this, of the this, this is the slam dunk. Ooh, do I want to save that for later? You, you can't pick. That's why I. That's why no, I know it, the we already recorded it. It's locked in. This is Ed, what's happening. I'm giving you one final chance before you cut nope. off the recording. No, nope, no. Nope. Are you it's sure already, you want to take Cleveland now? I already pressed dinner. It's there. That's what's going to happen. So, ladies and gentlemen, our survivor pick. Stan goes with the Giants on the road in Arizona. I'm taking Cleveland on the road in Pittsburgh. Now, do you have anything else? And I got nothing else to add besides I kind of want to see Cleveland lose now. <laughs> well, let's. You know what? We got a little bit of time. Let's make this a full 90 minutes. Let's talk about some other stuff that's happening around the sporting world. And we have a little bit of stuff. How about the U.S. losing? Talk to me about that. You lost some money, but it did bring something in. The NBA is going all in in the next one. LeBron James is firmly committed to Team USA going forward, which many, many former NBA players are saying is a mistake. Think. We have a- Steph is apparently Kyrie's thinking about it. Listen, I'm going to be excited to watch USA basketball because the way those dudes will play, that game will be over with by halftime. Um, I don't want to talk about that loss because that loss cost me a few shekels. Uh, we'll just put it that way. Hockey season's right around the corner, and how pumped are you starting to get for this hockey season? I know it may not be a, no, it may be a doom and gloom type season for your. No, uh, it's, not. it's not. It's not. It's not. It's really not. It's really not. We're not going to win the Stanley Cup, but, you know, we're going to be in some games. I don't think we got a lot better, but we got better. But you're going to hear all of that and so much more coming up when we do our hockey preview in a couple of weeks. This next week, maybe we'll see. We'll see how it shakes out. Um, winning right now, three to one. They need to keep this game to just have a chance against the 20s to get that division. That's their only chance to get in the playoffs. They're not oh, the going to. Oh, the twins! The twins cost the 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 twins got themselves the win. Tampa Bay could not help Cleveland today. Ah, you're terrible at this. You're it. just awful at this. You know that? Just awful. Cleveland is eight games back. Eight games back. That well, you know what they decided? They didn't help themselves after they just left the twins this past weekend. They could have swept the twins. They could have brought themselves within four games at this point because the Twins did lose yesterday to Tampa, um, and they could have kept that pace, and they still have another series coming up against the Twins because I believed in your Guardians, and I bet them to win the division when they were plus 900. And, well, it doesn't look like they're happy. You lost money there. In fact, there may be only one division, maybe two that is up for grabs because I'm calling the East. I'm I'm not. The Orioles have it. I'm not. They still have, they have a series this weekend against Tampa. If they, if they beat Tampa two out of three, then I'll call it, but I'm not calling it until after this weekend. <laughs> the central's done. Minnesota's got an eight game lead over Cleveland. The West is a three team race between Seattle, Texas, and Houston and Seattle for as hot as they were and made me look really, really smart. They have now, Lost seven of their lost last five ten. straight. They've lost yeah. five straight, I think. Four. Four straight. Four straight. straight. 
but they are still playing right now in Anaheim. So and how, they're, oh, well, they're definitely winning tonight. I think they're up like eight nothing. If I just saw that correctly. Um, Atlanta has clinched their division. I do. They've at least clinched a playoff spot and probably their division. They're sixteen and a half up on the first wild card. So yeah, they've clinched their division or they've clinched a playoff spot. They are ninety five and fifty. They're they're winning that division. Milwaukee is up three and a half on Chicago. I don't see the Cubs coming back from that. And the Dodgers are just spanking the field as Arizona's in that third wild card spot by a full game over Cincinnati and San Francisco. I don't this I don't think there's gonna be a lot of surprises here at all. The and the surprises may come in the wild card given the fact that it's four teams for for three spots with Seattle currently on the outside looking in. So we'll have to see how that goes. But we'll um we'll have to see how that goes as far as what's gonna happen there. Dan, what do you think is gonna happen? I think that we're gonna talk all about that on our MLB postseason show. Yeah, and we're going to get that back here in a little while. That's probably going to be a two-weeker from now, so you can expect all of that from us. So you're not going to give me any kind of pick on who, which team's going to be the outman out there right now, just off the cuff or anything? Cincinnati's out. How about in the East, or in the American League? Seattle doesn't make it. They're They're faltering. Because, I mean, in the National League, you have Miami, Cincinnati, and San Francisco all on the outside by a game, and then Arizona, Chicago, and Philadelphia are all in. Arizona's in. Chicago wins the division. And the Brewers get a wild card. Um, Fair fair enough. There, did did I give you enough? No, not really. We'll, We'll talk about it more later. Um, how about something from the wrestling world that was pretty big? Last night's Monday Night Raw was the last official Monday Night Raw where the WWE was 100% owned by the McMahon family. As the merger went through, Endeavor now owns the WWE and the UFC. That was made official today at the New York Stock Exchange. Vince McMahon retains as the chief executive officer or chief something officer. So he's still the man in charge, but he's not the man that's all the way ownership-wise in charge. Uh, Interesting thing, on the corporate ladder, he's now Dana White's boss. Or he's above Dana White on the corporate ladder. Yeah, that's interesting, actually. So after all the blustering and and what happened there, that's that's, that's a pretty interesting thing going on um there was also a report did you, the, did you see the video of them in the stock exchange today dana white dana white uh was standing in front of triple h and neither one of them looked like they wanted to be there would you want to be there no and exactly. then did you see mcmahon doing the basically the hulk hogan like telling people to clap, like giving them like the. Oh, I'm shocked that Vince McMahon played to an audience. One more thing about professional wrestling before we actually wrap this thing up. Um, did you see the report that came out by somebody writing for Forbes? I don't know if it was an official Forbes report that said AEW is worth two billion dollars for a company oh, that has I not turned a profit. AEW, like I'm actually not looking forward to the next wrestling show we do because we're gonna have to talk about all this stuff and. I'm starting to hate wrestling. 
Like, uh-huh. I'm hating it from a standpoint of just I'm tired of the back and forth. Why can't people just enjoy what they enjoy? Fans are making it miserable to enjoy either. It's almost worse than sports rivalries. It's worse than sports rivalries. Although I have joined an inter- a few interesting Facebook groups that are overrun by Chicago Bears fans that one of them tried to argue that the Bears have had a better defense in the last 20 years cumulatively than the Baltimore Ravens, and they got massacred in the comments, but that's neither here. You're an idiot. If it, uh, can you add me to that group? I <laughs> like that. <laughs> the stats were very, very telling. But outside of that, I think that's going to put an end to this show. It was a long show, but it's week one. We're still trying to hammer out the kinks. We've added some new stuff. Some of that stuff is going to go away, and we're not going to talk about the Thursday night football game for as long as we did. It was just a big game this week. Coming up from us in the next couple of weeks, you're going to get our MLB playoff preview. You're going to get our NHL season preview. And you're going to get one of these a week. From us talking about all the action that is and was action in the NFL. We're going to give you our picks and our survivor picks. It's going to be fun, Danny boy. It is. I'm looking forward to it. I'm actually excited for the NFL season, as I always am in the beginning. By week eight, I'll either love it or I'll absolutely hate it. And we'll be uh, grinding through it either way. Well, there you go. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, we would like to thank you all for listening. And just remember... If your team is not doing so hot, it can always be the players of a named later who can make it better. See ya!